back. It's your boy Rao, aka the Black Dan Rathers. And I'm back with another installment, episode seven of Beige Journalism, where we bring common sense to current events. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, the first topic we're going to talk about is kind of close to home, seeing that I'm from New York and this story is New York related. And it's the Eric Garner case. Eric Garner's situation happened in 2014, five years ago, but it's recently been back into the news because the U.S. Department of Justice declined the charges for the officer that essentially killed Eric Garner, Daniel Pantaleo. So not only is he not going to jail for something that we all seen, uh, him strangling someone, uh, he also gets the opportunity to go back to work doing the same shit that he did when he killed someone. And if you don't know the story about uh, Eric Garner, so pretty much uh, July 14, 2014, Eric Garner was illegally selling cigarettes and um, he was approached by cops. One of them was this particular cop here. Um, they tried to arrest him and he pretty much wasn't trying to get arrested. He didn't have a weapon on him. He didn't try to fight the cops or anything, but he wasn't trying to get arrested. I mean, especially for just selling some cigarettes. So they took him down. He's a he was a bigger guy, and a lot of cops got on him, whatever. And then this particular cop grabbed him, choked him. He had an asthma attack. He was saying while he was dying that he couldn't breathe as this officer continued to put the chokehold on him until he sadly died. And all this was recorded on camera, and uh, started well started a huge uproar as you would imagine. And since this entire incident happened, uh, the person that recorded it on their phone was later locked up for a whole bunch of miscellaneous reasons. Uh, Eric Garner's daughter, who was very vocal in, in protest and, and defending her father, uh, died at very early age at 27 from a heart attack. I mean, the only person in this whole entire situation that's actually still alive and going to work today is the officer that fucking strangled Eric Gardner, which makes absolutely no sense. And the the whole part of, of why this is such a, a tough situation, I mean, for me, this one hits very close to home. One, because it is New York. And the situation was, he was unarmed. I mean, obviously, he was illegally selling cigarettes, but that's not reason for murder. And at the end of the day, he just a nigga that didn't want to get arrested for some bullshit. And that's something that I and every black man can relate to. I mean, there's situations where we have all seen cops and they've harassed people that really haven't really done shit. And I can fully understand that there could be days where you're just like, I had enough of the bullshit and you're not trying to get arrested. And then the fact that we, we as the fucking world actually saw this guy being murdered we saw that he didn't have a weapon we saw that he didn't try to swing on a cop he didn't try to hit a cop he didn't try to tackle a cop and he lost his life and we've all witnesses and then we see that this cop is allowed to not only be free but to go back to doing the same exact job that he was doing when he killed someone I mean, police brutality has been going on with the black community and cops for hundreds of years in this country called America. So it's nothing new, but the fact that it's 2019, 2017, 2014, whatever year it is, and these cops aren't even going on trial, it's it's mind-blowing. It, and, and that's what really upsets 
us as a people it's like we not only saw this guy kill him we've seen ferguson we've seen all these other places and these cops aren't even going to trial you aren't even giving them a trial yet if if i rob the grocery store or do something petty then you there's trial involved but when someone's dead there's no trial you just all right you're good not only that you, you could just go back to work like come on and then there's always the question of why uh, the black community and cops uh, don't get along or why there's mistrust there. And it's like, that's exactly the reason why, <laughs> or that's one of. Remember a few years back, uh, I used to live in Germany and um, I was friends with a cop there. And I remember one time he asked me, um, why why do Americans hate cops? Like when he looks on TV, as far as like Americans, whatever, there's always problems with cops and Americans. And why, what is the conflict there? And the only thing I could really tell them or the example that i showed them is that i mean the conflict between the black community and cops goes back hundreds and hundreds of years so like my grandparents or my great-grandparents when they were my age you know cops were the ones that were lynching people cops were involved in lynchings they were involved in, in burning crosses in people's houses in front of people's houses you know things like that and then my parents who are in their 50s 60s or whatever this generation's parents will be when they were growing up it was all about uh the cops were the ones sticking the dogs on people they had the hoses spraying down protesters you know so it's like there always was a conflict between black people and and cops and the problem is that being a cop is one of those things that's generational so those cops that was around with my great-grandparents they had kids and those kids became cops and those were the ones that had the dogs out on on my on on my parents spraying my parents and my aunts or whatever that the case may be and then they had kids and these are the ones that's out here strangling people for cigarettes and I'm not here to bash cops. I mean, I've said in prior episodes that I think being a cop is an extremely, extremely difficult job. And I also think that it's not for everyone. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people that are cops that shouldn't be. And there's a lot of regular people that shouldn't be cops. I mean, I know for a fact that I, I wouldn't ever be a cop. I wouldn't be a good cop at all. And I wish that there's other people that recognize that and give up the shield. But that's for another time. My thing is that I think that there are ways to, to settle this a little bit. I don't think there's ways to end police brutality. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I think there are ways to reduce it. And I think there are simple ways. And the first way would be to have these cops go on trial. I mean, in, in respect of the person that died or respect of the family at least have these people go on trial let's let's hear their case let's hear what's going on like the fact that these cops aren't going on trial is honestly the most devastating part of it all because it's like you everyone goes on trial if anyone commits any kind of anything they're going on trial except for a cop and if for something for like a murder, you're not even going to put him on trial for something like that. At least let us hear what's going on. Like, why? Why? Why is he going to jail? Why does he have his job? At least give us an explanation with the with the trial. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I feel like that's that's the biggest problem with it, because it allows these cops to think like, wow, I could literally get away with murder. And I think the other problem is that other cops aren't speaking up. I mean, there are thousands, thousands of cops, and there's no way that 
we all think that they're bad cops. I mean, I don't think that all cops are bad. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that all cops are bad. There are cops that do the right thing, that have the morals, and they're for the right reasons. So why don't some of those cops speak up about the shitty cops? I mean, I feel like being a cop is like one of the only professions where loyalty is the strongest. Like no one ever, no cop ever talks about another cop they, they they do some of them do but they usually aren't cops anymore after or even before they talk they usually do it after they retire or some shit and it's like every job in america is open for criticism fucking donald trump is the president the highest position possibly in the free world and he is the most criticized man by his own peers every day his own peers roast him every day his own peers let everybody know what they've done wrong so if you're a cop and you see your fellow cop doing some shit that wasn't good why don't you speak up about it? I feel like that that would help too. Just speak up about this shit. If you see some dirty shit happening, speak up about it. And it's like there are cops that speak that have spoken up, and I've seen it. You know, I mean, it's mostly about like drugs or like corrupt shit like that. But you hardly ever see like someone like, wow, maybe he shouldn't have killed Eric Gardner. That that is wrong. And I get it that. You know, cops are a band of brothers. You you want to stay together. I mean, they go through a lot of shit together. So, you you know, you're staying with the people that you're with. I, I fully understand it. I get it. But at the same time, there has to be someone with some kind of morals. There has to be someone that sees a lot of shit going on and has to be like, damn, this, this is not good. Like, this is something that I don't want to be around. And I should let other people know about it. And that's the problem peers aren't being responsible for their peers and also the law the government is allowing these cops to pretty much do what they want and when you give anyone not just saying cops but if you give any human being certain power they're going to abuse it i mean let's say for example you're a janitor and your job is to clean floors one through five and one week you just forgot to clean the fifth floor but no one said anything. You still got paid the same amount. Everything was good. And then the next week, you don't. You, you purposely don't clean floor five. And then you still get paid. No one says anything. You're fucking janitor of the month, whatever the fuck case may be. As the months keep going on, as the weeks and days keep going on, guess what? You're not going to clean floor number five no more. You know what I'm saying? Because you know you're going to be good. And that's the case with this. But instead of cleaning floor number five, we're talking about killing unarmed black people. And realistically, I'm not here to be like, oh, let's end police brutality. Let's end racism. Because I honestly don't think that's going to happen. But there are ways to reduce it. And I think there's easy ways. There's easy solutions here. Yet... This government, the country, acts like there's there's no way to get around this. Like, this is inevitable. Like, no, this actually just easy shit. Like, let's start with the trial. Let's see where that goes, and then let's see how many people continue to kill unarmed black people from there. I mean, that's the least we could ask for, right? Give, give us some kind of hope. And, and speaking of hope, let's transition to the next subject. A little bit lighter, but still very serious, especially to a New Yorker. And that's uh, the New York transit system. So there's a proposal uh, to pretty much end 24-hour subway service in New York. From what I'm seeing, I'm guessing it will be they will stop service from like 12.30 to 5 a.m. 
And the motive behind it is that it would help officials make repairs faster, which will then make the commute a lot better, smoother when we do actually have train service. Now, this is just a proposal, so I don't uh, actually think that this is going to go through at any point. But if it did, it would probably be the dumbest move that this city could do. I mean, we're supposed to be the city that never sleeps. And, and the train service is like it's like the veins almost where it's like the veins of the city like how how are you supposed to how, how are you supposed to get around with, with i mean with, with no train service imagine like first thing is clubs bars whatever close at 4 a.m so that means that you would either have to stick around till five or not go out or take a uber back which might be hundreds of dollars at that time of the night and that would also increase that would also increase cab service ubers all that type of stuff too as well in traffic because you're going to have to drive which means that you're going to be probably more drunk drivers because people are not going to drive now because they can't get around in the city not to mention the people that are fucking working at that time just thousands thousands of people that work in the middle of the night so what if you get out at like two or three in the morning would you want to take an uber back every time like that could be half half the money you make for the day like there's no way that this is ever going to happen i mean this is when you would have to boycott the city and and the the problem with it the main problem would be the money that they would lose it's like everything would be slowed down the entire city would be slowed down and Obviously, other cities do it, but we aren't other cities, and that's what makes us different. <laughs> that's that's what makes us different, that we never stop. That's why we got the nickname. I think it's just one of those things that sounds like a good idea on paper, but in real life, it really just can't be done. There's so much money they would lose. There's people that would probably lose their jobs for it. You know, like the city, the city would have to kind of shut down a little bit. I mean to some kind of scale certain businesses would have to stop early stop business earlier they would have to close earlier if you're baking you have to be in at 3 a.m how the fuck are you gonna get there on a baker's salary if it's like in manhattan and you live in brooklyn or queens or something like that i mean it's it sounds like something that 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 would solve the problem but in real life it cannot happen it just can't and because of that let's go on to the next subject which is puerto rico so recently, Puerto Rico has had mass protests. Thousands thousands of people have gone out on protests and um, pretty much to get the governor of Puerto Rico to resign. Uh, the protest lasted 12 days and people hit the streets. I mean, obviously, with protests, things got a little violent, but um, it, it it worked. I mean, that's what protests do. It, it worked. And... and um, the, re, most recently, the governor he he went on Facebook Live um, to say that he's going to resign in, uh, in the beginning of August, and the protest started from just years of just built up anger um, amongst the people of of Puerto Rico. They were starting to unfold a lot more of the corruption that was going on on the island, especially with the governor and his cabinet. So. This was just uh, something that was just brewing for a long time. And it was a whole bunch of stuff like the weak economy, um, the graft scandals w w with the people that his staff and, and himself, and also um, the poor response to the, the hurricane, um, Hurricane Maria, that, that, that pretty much crushed Puerto Rico um, in a lot of different ways. There were more and more stories developing about how money wasn't being dispersed properly. They were going to other people's pockets that they shouldn't have. And there was also uh, a couple of people in his cabinet, uh, the governor's cabinet, that uh, 
were indicted for corruption and that really what, what really sparked it and then there were some some leaked uh text messages of the governor like talking to other people in his cabinet and saying some very disrespectful things especially to women and and then that sparked another group so this was just like a whole bunch of years and a whole bunch of different people different groups seeing how corrupt shit was and said that it's enough and they hit the streets i mean even celebrities um from puerto rico were very vocal and 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 what they stood for and um it led to the to governor resigning and the most ironic part is that the governor is, is he's very social media savvy like when he when this whole thing kind of broke out he was in europe he was getting tweets off and taking some pictures and shit on his ig <laughs> really living a good life and then he he goes on facebook live to tell everyone that he's resigning like no letter like we don't we're not gonna put this in the fucking newspaper like the old days i'm gonna hit fucking facebook live follow me on facebook live because i'm gonna tell you that i'm leaving the country like like it was like kd leaving fucking a golden state or something he's the only government official to resign due to being corrupt yet still get his followers up he's essentially like the puerto rican donald trump just with a better education like we are really in a time where our government officials are hitting social media heavier than we are these these motherfuckers out here uh, getting text off, getting tweets off. They out here on Facebook Live. Like, come on, I've never been on Facebook Live. <laughs> and and I'm an advocate of social media. Like, I, I use this shit often. I don't mind people being on social media. It doesn't really distract you if you know how to do your job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not gonna be like, well, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, you're on social media, you should be doing this. Like, nah, I don't care. I don't care. But it's just something about it. Just seeing someone that's held at such a high standard and also just older, just just older than than, than us, uh, being on social media so much is just kind of awkward to me. I mean, me, my age, I'm I'm 31, so. I grew up in the social media era. Uh, I mean, Facebook, I was probably like in the year three of, of Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Like when I started going on it and I was there at the beginning of Twitter and all that other shit. And it was like, I kind of grew up in this era of MySpace and all that, Skonex, all that other shit. But a person like Donald Trump or one of these these older people that are using it is like you were 45 when you were able to get on Facebook because you weren't even able to get on Facebook in the beginning because you had to have a college uh, a email and when you went to college there wasn't emails so it's like you weren't even on Facebook until you were about like 45 50 so why are you loving this shit as much as I am <laughs> And for a person like Trump, I mean, being on social media was cool when you were like the host of The Apprentice and shit. And you were letting us know about like the season premiere and somebody getting eliminated like that actually made sense. But you're the president of the United States. You can't be getting upset and getting your tweets off. There's something about that shit that just it, it doesn't make sense. And the fact that he puts himself out there so much, it, it opens up a lot of other shit to happen. Like, they always bring in up prior things that he said. Everyone that he's ever spoke to in his entire life that's done anything shady, they always bring that shit up. For example, the dude, um, Jeffrey Epstein, 
the billionaire who's being accused of sex child sex trafficking they they're bringing up they're bringing up like photos and videos of a party that they were at in 1992 of trump in in this dirtbag and it's like really i mean donald trump is he's been famous for a long time he's had money for a long time you know how many dirty people that he's been around <laughs> just just in the party like even maybe he might even know i mean in this case he might have known them but i'm saying you know how many people that he's been to parties with that he has even known that were complete dirt bags like that's the that just comes with the game i'm pretty sure every politician every person with some kind of wealth has been in a party or been associated with or had a conversation or a drink with someone that was doing some shady shit it's just how it works so i don't hold things like that against donald trump i mean i don't know if donald trump knew that this guy had a fucking child sex trafficking ring or whatever the fuck i don't know that and maybe he knew it in, in 1992 i'm not sure but I'm not holding the fact that he knew this guy against him. The shit that I'm holding against him is the shit that he's doing today. <laughs> the shit that he's doing in 2019. The shit that he did in 2018, 17. I don't give a fuck about a party in 1992. He's doing some pretty fucked up things and saying some pretty fucked up things a lot more recently than that. I mean, I'm not going to hold a, a rendezvous in the 90s against him. It's a lot more sh crazier shit going on right now that I have to worry about. And it's like the media just wants to plug anything that he does. And he feeds right into it. He, he's really a social media character, you know, even before he was president. Even before he was president, it was easy to push his buttons. He was one of those people that you wanted to see get their tweets off because you knew that they were going to be upset about some shit. He's like 50. You, you want to see him upset because you know that they're going to let everyone know it exactly how they feel which is fun when when it's the guy that that has millions and billions and he's he's fucking the host of the apprentice but not when he's the your leader i don't want that to be a characteristic for my leader if you gotta get your feelings out which is perfectly fine go get a fucking psychiatrist speak to someone about that don't don't let millions and millions of people know exactly how you feel I need my leader to be cool under pressure, not flinching. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have our lives pretty much in the palm of your hands. And now you're using those palms to get tweets off. And the funniest part of it is that most people that are his age, Donald Trump's age, hate the fact that we use social media so much like they're all old school most of the people that are in politics for the most part the older guys they're really old school and they're slightly racist and they're stuck on their ways these are the type of people that say that we're lazy and all that because we're on social media and we can't keep a job and all this other shit yet your leader is the one the king of the tweet like he is king tweeter right now he's the king tweeter of the fucking world the fucking the whole world looks at his tweets like he's the king tweet he's the kim kardashian of tweets but he can actually have us in a fucking world world three by monday
he honestly j- should just have a, a burner account just have your own secret account where you could just get get off all your feelings you don't need any followers you know maybe add your wife or some shit a couple friends and just and just get your feelings out there don't do that shit from the presidential account because now you put in my life on the line your tweets affect my life and and i don't need that i don't need that shit i don't need that extra stress but as we digress and we are continuing to talk about social media let's talk about instagram and you following me at Beige Journalism on Insta. Uh, hit me up with any questions. Let me know about any of the shows, uh, any topics, anything like that. Major shout out to everyone that's been posting and listening. Shout out to my Puerto Rican people out there who just had enough and and did the right thing. Shout out to everyone just doing the right thing. Just try to get their voices out there and, and tired of the bullshit that's going on in, in the world. And last but not least, shout out to Brooklyn and shout out to you for listening to this fucking episode. Episode 7 of Base Journalism. And like that, we out of here. They don't tell you black lives don't matter. That's not what they say. That's not the argument. They hit you with that slick shit. Like, well, all lives matter. Really? Semantics? That would be like if your wife came up to you and was like, do you love me? And you were like, baby, I love everybody. What are you talking about? I love all God's creatures. What are you saying? You're no different. Why do black people always have to get over shit so quickly? Thanks, black lady. Right? Why, why, do we, why do we always gotta get over shit? Every time we bring some shit up. Slavery, oh, that was 400 years ago. <laughs> Segregation, oh, well, oh you, you guys got Black History Month out of it, come on. We, we gave you February. <laughs> Police shooting, that, that was two weeks, come on, you still, still? <laughs> 9-11, oh, never forget. That's why this September I'm getting a t-shirt that says, all buildings matter. Let me see how that works.